Welcome to C3 Church Tabla. You're about to hear a message from our senior pastor, Bill Oldfield. Get ready to be inspired to live your best life. Uh, I hope you've got your Bibles and uh, we're going to do some of the Word of God. And this message comes from uh, walking through this week and um, witnessing to certain people uh, that, that don't see Jesus. The, the, you know, you as soon as you mention Jesus, um, the lights go out, in fact. <laughs> you can talk about sport and the light is completely on. Every team, every every thing, every rule, every, anything about that subject. And, but when you mention sometimes God and Jesus, the lights go out. Julie and I were in Fiji in 1970, uh, 1994. We did a bit of missionary work and ended up over in this little lonely island on this really strange half-built resort uh, by being built by this 70-year-old uh, ex-Air um, Force uh, U.S. Air Force guy who saw the island in a plane. Anyway, he came back all those years later and it was his heart to build this resort. Anyway, it was a bit of pie in the sky because when we got there, it was all ramshackled, half-built and no power on. And we, there's about 12 of us and, um, and we got put into this little, little bungalow which was half-finished and uh, along with everyone else. And during the night, I got woken up. Julie stabbed me in the side and said, do you hear that? The f- when I opened my eyes, um, I realized I couldn't see. It was completely dark, pitch black. Has anyone ever experienced that? When you literally, I mean, you know, I can't see at the, on the best of times in the dark, but this was pitch black. My, I had gone blind during the night. And I'm going, Jules, where are we? And she, we're in, we're in uh, where was this place? Um, Savu Savu. <laughs> Think twice about going to Savu Savu. I'm sure it's a blessed place, but not for civilized people. Um, we got to the edge. I'm thinking beautiful sands and resort. It was a craggy lava coral-like coast, volcanic rock. Um, but anyway, I woke, I woke up and Julie says, can you hear that? And there was chanting outside our bungalow. And it, it, it was a bit of a freak out. They were chanting, but it was the fishermen that were having a drink of their juice. Yeah. And... Uh, <laughs> well, it sounded like a, a witch's cult thing. Uh, Julie reckons it was still. <laughs> but I couldn't know where I was. I didn't know what room I was in. Julie said, follow me. And I just remember hanging on to her. And, and we literally crawled. Literally, I, f- I f- followed her. And we crawled. And we found the matches, struck up the candle. And praise God, we could see. That is a very disconcerting, disconcerting um, <laughs> situation when you cannot see. So 
I, I thought about when we were witnessing to some people this week, and it was all good, but I just thought about the light has come, and, uh, but some people don't see that light, that the, they're, they're blind to the light. And when we especially mention Jesus or God, they just go completely... Uh, and they're, they're good people, man. They're, they're intelligent, man. One, per, anyway, um, very intelligent, very uh, cultured. But when you mention, they just go, oh, I'm not sure what you're saying. And Jesus actually healed someone uh, in Mark, I, I think it is in Mark, uh, in this place called Bethsaida. And he laid hands on this blind person and uh, he looked up. And, and he said, I see people like trees walking around. He could still, after Jesus laid hands on him, he could hardly see properly. And he says, well, I do see uh, people like trees walking around. And once more, Jesus laid hands on him. And then his eyes were opened, his sight returned, and he saw clearly. Uh, and I think it's just a good season that if we are affected in any way of blindness, some people might see, look, I, I even come to church and... But I just see like Jesus, I, yeah, I just see him, you know, vaguely. Uh, and then, of course, we've got the extreme version where I don't see Jesus at all, which is a real problem. Um, I think it is a good season to make sure that we've got our eyes open, that we can see the light. The light has come. It ain't going to go away. We are celebrating Christmas. We are celebrating the reason for the season. Um, but this light has come 2,000 years ago, and we celebrate that. And we need to understand this, that um, that light is not shutting off. That light has come. And, and, and it's trying its darndest to penetrate every dark area and, and reveal the goodness of God and reveal Christ. Because when that light comes, you can see Christ high and lifted up. And you can see yourself in that. And uh, you can see yourself in uh, the proper playing field of life rather than some place out here where, you know, some, some land of, uh, I don't know. But um, unfortunately, people, since Adam and Eve, uh, when Adam and Eve left God's glorious light and living out of the garden, mankind has struggled to get back into the light. And the light is, uh, it is the light of salvation. It's a light that um, takes us out of selfies, out of selfishness. And, um, but I don't know why. Look, I, man, I, I'm grieved, uh, like you probably. I'm grieved that why people want to live outside of the light. Especially when we see him hurt, hurting in the hospital. Pauline, by the way, is out of hospital and she got to minister to some people. Some have already moved on out to, you know, to glory. And um, she ministered to those few people. And, you know, she was saying, Lord, I'm really grieved that they don't, haven't got this assurance of Christ and, and salvation. Um, and, and that's a sad day. But I think we need to pray for people to see God's light, especially in this season. And we need to look at our own light. I mean, our own uh, sight. And, and make sure we're not got any blind spots or we're not partially blind either. So let's just pray for that. Father, I just pray that eyes would be open this morning to see Christ high and lifted up. 
over their life, their family's life, um, the, the church, the community. Lord, we, we, we want to see that your light has come. The glory of the Lord has come. And the people of God say, Amen. Let's check this out. I've got a few scriptures for you. John 3.19 says, This is the verdict, light has come into the world. It has come. But men love darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. Mm. I don't know why they love the darkness. I mean, there is a supposed party time and, uh, you know, there. But um, I'm telling you, it's a dangerous place to live. And as I'm thinking of my own salvation and and thinking that I was living in that darkened place for a while there, um, and I'm thinking, oh my goodness, I'm so glad to be living in the light. I'm so glad I can see. I'm so glad I got wisdom to be able to navigate life. I mean, the most intelligent people, but they can't understand that God created the heavens and the earth and everything we see. And that we are God, we're made in God's image. Help me, I, I just don't understand it. And, and I'm thinking we need to pray and we need to, you know, I know there's spiritual warfare that says that their eyes have been blinded, their hearts have been blinded, their minds have been blinded. And uh, we, need to, we need to believe that our friends and family, this season, that their eyes will be open. Now, please don't go rubbing mud into their eyes. Please don't do that. Jesus did it once, but there's no ministry on the planet that has a ministry of rubbing mud in people's eyes. Let's go to the conference of, of you know, Joe Mudd. He's got the ministry of opening blind eyes. No, we, we don't want to do that, but we want to believe supernaturally that those eyes can be open in Jesus' name. It's a powerful day, of course, when people's eyes are open and they come out of that spiritual confusion and, uh, and we've got to stand up in the light, you know, and, and when you dodge and when you get a little bit embarrassed or when you get a little bit guilty or when you get a little bit embarrassed, you just come out of that light and you become like a chameleon. Like a, you know, like those insects, they look like part of the tree. And they, you, you know, you become, you, you know, no, no, that, that's, that's, that's my mate John. He's not a Christian, man. He's one of us. Look at him. And you just, when you come back in the light in the church, no, man, look, it's, it's, he really is saved. There's the light on him. So constantly we've got to be careful that we don't, you know, come out of the light. Ecclesiastes 2.14 says, the fool walketh in darkness. John 12.35 says, then Jesus told them, you are going to have the light just a little while longer. Walk while you have the light before darkness overtakes you. The man who walks in the dark does not know where he is going. Just stumbling along, man. 1236, put your trust in the light while you have it so that you may become sons of light. Isaiah 520, woe to those who call good, who, who call evil good and good evil, who put darkness for light and light for darkness who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Ephesians 6.12 says, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against the principalities, against the powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. 1 John 1.5 says, 
This then is the message which we have heard of him and declare unto you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. Is that good news? John 12, 46, I have come into the world as light so that no one who believes in me should stay in darkness. So I was thinking about this message and I was thinking uh, what it meant. And I know, you know, when you look at the scriptures that God promised that this light would come and I want to touch on that. And this promise of this light coming, and it is Jesus the Messiah. And of course, faith believes that promise, and uh, hope anticipates its fulfillment. And of course, patience quietly awaits it. Um, so let's go back to let's go back to where this light came from. This light from Galilee, the hope of Christmas. Let's look at this prophecy, Isaiah nine one. I'm going to move on pretty quickly, but I want to make a point about this light. Nevertheless. This is 700 years previous to Jesus turning up, of course. Isaiah 9.1, Isaiah is a prophet and he downloads from heaven and he gets his download from heaven and he says, you know what? I can see God breaking in on this planet. And he says it like this, nevertheless, there will be no more gloom for those who are in distress. In the past, he humbled the land of Zebulun and the land of Nephitali. But in the future, he will honor Galilee of the Gentiles. Gentiles are unsaved people. But they're not Jews. They're not not participants of salvation. Gentiles. By the way of the sea along the Jordan. 9-2. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. Have you seen that light? Who's seen the light? Who's seen the light? Come on. Be bold. Be brave. Have you seen the light? It's an amazing thing. On those living in the land of the shadow of death, a light has dawned. So, you know, on the sea, drifting in the calm of the sea, uh, a captain awaits the breaking of a new day. And uh, Isaiah is speaking just like that. Isaiah spoke this prophecy, anticipation of light, dispelling darkness, an explosion of light, in fact, but of good news. For thousands of years, in fact, the Jews were anticipating a king, a Messiah, one who would break into their world and end the war and bring peace, universal peace. And they were waiting for this sunrise, this sunrise that would shatter the darkness once and for all. The prophets knew that the world was in the grip of darkness. They were so in tune spiritually with God, they know this ain't right. This is a diabolical situation of a devil running rampant. We're living on a fallen planet. Sin is running rampant. People are blinded. And, 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 it's, you know, and, and we need to believe for this day of salvation. Isaiah 9 uh, 1 to 7, chapter 9, 1 to 7. Nevertheless, there will be no gloom. Isaiah speaks of this day of coming, this day of, I guess, of, of salvation coming, of joy, peace, and righteousness and justice in the form of we know who, the Messiah, Jesus Christ, the Son of God. So the, when you look at it, the prophecy reveals several important truths about the coming Messiah. One, for the most part, he would minister in Galilee. Did he not minister in Galilee? So 700 years previous, they're prophesying this light, this Messiah would come from Galilee. And sure enough, he did. Two, he would bring the light of salvation and hope. How? Isaiah 42 verse 6 says, I, the Lord, have called you in righteousness that we're going to be brought into a right standing with God. I will take hold of your hand. It's a personal thing. It's like a father and a child, a mother and a child, 
please come. It's a personal thing. It ain't religion. It's a personal relationship with you and your God, your Savior. Amen? I will take hold of your hand. I will keep you and I will make you to be a covenant. What's the covenant? That's where you're blessed to be a blessing. Once you've established your covenant in worshiping God and giving to God and loving God and, and, and the blessings come all over you. The favor of God comes all over you. And you're just so blessed, you have to give it away. You have to give the good news away. You have to bless people. You just want to because you know you're so blessed. It's a covenant that allows us to feel so blessed. For the people and a light for the Gentiles. 42 verse 7 says, and this is how we get salvation. This is how our friends and family will get salvation. To open eyes that are blind. Now when we see scriptures like that, to open eyes that are blind, straight away we go to those stories of Jesus literally laying hands on people that were blind and their eyes would open and they would see. I believe when it says the Spirit of the Lord is upon you, He is anointed to preach good news, to set at liberty the captives, to open blind eyes. I believe that scripture is not just talking about physical eyes that are blinded. It's about people that are blind. When you mention Jesus, they go, where'd you go? Roy, where, where did Roy go? He mentioned Jesus. He was, I could see him when he was all good and just normal. But when he tried to witness to me, Roy, help me. Where are you, buddy? Where are you, please? And, and, and you know it. You can see it, can't you? Is that your experience sometimes? Come on. This is spiritual blindness I'm talking about. Can happen to anyone, even your mom and dad. Where are you, Phil? Where are you? Where? Praise God, my dad was saved, 88 years of age. That's been happening for so long. Every time I mention God and Jesus, my dad would go blind. He'd go deaf too. I just wasn't there now. Hello? No, he just... And, and so when I turned off the Jesus, oh, there you are, right. You know? <laughs> it's a funny situation. To open eyes that are blind, to free captives from prison, to release from the dungeon those who sit in darkness. Such a sad situation it is. By his death, by his, his coming 2,000 years ago, by his resurrection, by the power of the Holy Spirit, by dealing with sin and death, we're released from the power of Satan. That's what having our eyes open to salvation. Matthew 4.15, land of Zebulun, land of Nephtali. The way to the sea, the way to the sea along the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles. The people living in darkness have seen a great light on those living in the land of the shadow of death. A light has dawned. 417, from that time on, Jesus began to preach, repent for the kingdom of heaven is near. And friends, this is the only way anyone will truly ever see the light and see Jesus is to repent. It's not a modification, a behavior modification. It truly is, is to humble yourself and say, God, you know what? Man, I didn't have my true north. I was lost, man. I was strung out. And, and, and oh my God, I see the star. I'm starstruck. Oh, I'm starstruck. I can see Jesus. I'm on the way to him. Three, he would enlarge the community of God's people. This is all what Isaiah is talking about. I see a great light coming, a savior coming, a Messiah coming. And in fact, he will, he will break open salvation beyond just the Jews. And if you look at that, um, 
it states that he would enlarge the community of God's people by including us, the Gentiles. Amen. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whosoever, whosoever, no one is exempt, whosoever, the guy in jail, the, the bum on the street, the fancy pants businessman, the, you know, Miley Cyrus, praise God, everyone can be included. I've got a heart for Miley. Someone, someone needs to rescue her. Come on, we need to pray for her. For he would bring peace by delivering the people from the yoke of oppression. And if you read into that, you can see that so clearly. Five, Messiah would come uh, from the nation of Israel and be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Six, he would rule over God's people forever. Two Samuel 7, 16, your house, your kingdom will endure forever before me. Your throne will be established forever. Isn't it great to be in in God's kingdom, and you know it's not, oh, sorry, the kingdom, it went bankrupt. Um, it, it, yeah, Jesus, actually. Yeah, sorry, guys. Um, we've got to have to find a new way, new, new life. Uh, no, this is forever. This is forever, eternity. The kingdom ain't going to go bankrupt. Jesus is always on the throne. God is God. Praise God. I love that. Amen. It's not a fashionable thing to do. It's truth and life. I love this stuff. Isaiah 9, 6, For unto us a child is born, to us a son is given. Julie thought she was having a son, but she had a baby girl. And the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. 9, 7, Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no, no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. So it's people who are zealous for God, zealous for God that are bringing this to pass. Guys like James Dean there. It's just there, serving God. Just worshiping, serving God, worshiping. And the youth went off the other night. Well done, guys. They went out and gave leaflets out down at Westfields. And uh, praise God, they had... Uh, you know, you had some new kids come, new, new young people come, and uh, praise God. That's awesome. Because of the zeal, the zeal of the church is going to bring this on. Not just lackadaisical, okay, sirrah, oh, yeah, the light has come. Yeah, there it is. You know, go for your life. You know, whatever, you know. No, no, man, the light has, <laughs> hello, the light has come. Praise God. So what's this wonderful counselor? Well, when I looked at it, wonderful means like awesome. Wonder, wonder. Like when you, it's like God's a wonderful counselor. He's a counselor who is able to give us the truth of, of salvation. Yes, and the wisdom. We've never heard such teaching. He's a wonderful, wonderful counselor. He's a wonderful counselor. But we stagger and we're in awe, the wonder of him. Mighty God is the fullness of the deity. Everlasting Father. There is Father God, and Jesus is the Son of God, but our, our, our Lord Jesus, our Lord Jesus acts like a father too. He loves to protect. He loves to bless his children. He is very much like a father. Psalm 103, 13 says, As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. Is that good news? He's the Prince of Peace. He rules with peace. 
It says in, I think it's the last chapter of Romans, that the God of peace is going to set down one day and, 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 and bring justice and dispel darkness completely and bring, you know, his, his kingdom to pass. Romans 5.1 says, Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Romans 8.2, Because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit of life set me free from the law of sin and death. But I'm loving this translation. I think it's the, the Passion Translation. Romans 8.2 says, A new power is in operation. The spirit of life in Christ, like a strong wind, has magnificently cleared the air, freeing you from a faded lifetime of brutal tyranny of the hands of sin and death. Oh, my goodness. Has anyone seen that new translation, the Passion Translation? A new power, and this is is what I quoted before. I quoted Romans 8.2. NIV says, because through Christ Jesus, the law of the spirit of life set me free from the law of sin and death. This is a little bit more, a little bit more flowery. It says this, a new power is in operation. The spirit of life in Christ, like a strong wind, has magnificently cleared the air, fleeing, f- freeing you from a faded lifetime of brutal tyranny at the hands of sin and death. The passion, you can like it on Facebook, it's on there. It's on there. And um, so what happens? All this, you know, there's going to come one. He's a mighty counselor. He's a mighty God. He's an everlasting father. And, and, and boom, away in a manger. Here he comes 2,000 years ago. He's born. He's born. That precious little life. God incarnate in a tiny baby. Amen. And of course, we know the story, which we'll tease out a little bit more later. But Matthew 4.23 says, Jesus went, or went throughout where? Galilee, as prophesied by Isaiah, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness among the peoples. So just like Isaiah said, Matthew 4.25, large crowds from Galilee, Diapolis, Jerusalem, Judea, and the region across the Jordan followed him. Jesus Jesus, hailed from, Jer- from Galilee, is now teaching and healing and loving on people. He is the light that we've been waiting for. It's a beautiful thing, and it did fulfill Isaiah's prophecy. Jesus is, 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 of course, doing ministry, but in hope that we would get to know Him, but get to know Father God through Him. Jesus came as a living embodiment of God the Father, that as He met out ministry and justice and wisdom and peace and righteousness, that people would see, my God, that is more than a mere man. That is the Son of Man. That is the Son of God. And so Jesus constantly is absolutely 100% representing the Father in hope that we would get to know the Father personally. Amen? Do you understand that? It's just not about the Son of God, Jesus, but it is about the Father and the Holy Spirit as well. So it is fulfilled. Two questions I got for you. Why couldn't the people then and now see Christ Jesus, the fulfillment of God's promise from Genesis in the Old Testament, right through the Old Testament, here comes Jesus, here comes Jesus, here comes the Savior. And especially through Isaiah, as we stated, why could not the Jews in particular see Jesus for who he was? What was that? 
Why were they blind to Jesus? Was it because they were proud? Was it because they were stuck on religion? Was it because they were blinded? And the other thing is, why can't the people in the world see Jesus? Why can't our friends and family see Jesus, the Savior of the world? I'm not sure. We have this star of Bethlehem, represents the, the star of, represents Christmas, I guess, the Christmas star. And um, I guess we, we have people back then when, when the star was shining brightly and the Meggy, the wise men, were following that star that people couldn't see it. They saw it. They were following it. They knew that that star represented the birthing of this promise, this prophecy of the coming king. I would love to see more people recognize that star. I would love to see more people recognize the star of Christmas, the star of Bethlehem. Wouldn't you? I mean, this is a great season to, to enjoy this festive season, but I want to see so many more people. 2 Peter 1.19 says, And we have the word of the prophets made more certain, and you will do well to pay attention to it as to a light shining in a dark place. I'll say that again. As to a light shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. Who's the morning star? That's Jesus. I think when I was thinking about this, are we shining the light for Jesus? Are we shining a light? We've received the light. We have the light. But do we shine that light? And so I'm of the opinion that when we walk through life, that we should be doing our darndest, smiling. Even if you're not friendly, just smile anyway. We could deal with the other issue later, you know. But I'm not friendly. So what? Just smile. You know, you don't have to show the world that you're not friendly. I'm not friendly. Don't come near me. Just smile. And you know what? It shines Jesus. It bears witness of your salvation. Oh, I'm nearly done, guys. So how do we shine? How do we do this? The Bible says we've got power. The Bible says when we serve God, we display God. It shapes us when we serve the church, serve God's kingdom. It actually shapes us. That process of serving God actually shapes us into a vessel, into a, a person that actually displays God and shines God. That's how that works. We become literally like ambassadors to the world by serving Him. Um, John 14, 11 says, Believe me when I say that I am in the Father and the Father is in me, or at least believe on the evidence of the miracles themselves. I tell you the truth. Anyone who has faith in me will do what I have been doing. He will do even greater things than these because I'm going to the Father. And I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Son may bring glory to the Father. 2 Corinthians 4, 6. For God who said, let the light shine out of darkness, made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. 4, 7. But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that all this surpassing power is from God and not from us. Lord Jesus, I pray that we would faithfully display your glory and shine for you. That Lord, as our eyes are opened in this season more so to you, 
that we wouldn't see men as like trees, that we wouldn't see Jesus as, as still disfigured, but we would see him glorious and high and lifted up, that we would see the church glorious as the answer to the world. Oswald Chambers says, Faith is the deliberate confidence in the character of God whose ways you may not understand at the time. I believe there is a defining moment when you begin to say, I'm going to begin to reach out. I'm going to reach out to friends and family. There's a defining moment in your life when you've crossed the line, when you've come out of darkness, when you're coming out of the shadows and you go, you know what? I'm going to be a Christian at work. I'm going, to be a Christian. I'm going to be a Christian at my sports club. I'm going to be a Christian no matter where I go. I'm going to tell them I'm a Christian in my job interview. I'm going to tell them I need to be at church on Sunday. Wow. Greatest motivation to witness to the loss is understanding God's grieved. He's like a father grieving of his children, stumbling around in the dark. How would you like to see your children stumbling around the dark and, and, and lost and, and can't see, you know, salvation, can't see the sun, you know, can't see lost, stumbling around, supposedly doing good things, but still stumbling, stumbling. How would you like to be a father seeing your children stumble? So when we get a heart for God, and we say, God, I see your heart for this person here. You don't care much about for them, but when you get close to them and begin to shine the light and witness to them, guess what? God's love starts to flow through you and you witness. The best way to witness is just love them. Don't try and correct them every time that they get it wrong. No, that's not right. Buddha's not... Son, Buddha's not. No, don't do that. No, that's not right. No, that's not right. You're killing the poor person and you're killing... Your, your reason, you're just killing the whole opportunity to witness to them. Let them have Buddha for God. Let them have Baha. Let them have that. Like, you know what they say about the dog with the steak. Don't try and take that steak out. Don't take the bone out. Give them a steak. You just got to keep showing them the steak. Show them. Don't take, rip the bone out of their mouth. You give us that bone. You don't need that baha. You don't need that stuff. You don't need it. No. Just show the stake of Jesus. Just show the love of God. Don't keep correcting. Oh, I know better than that. No, actually, the Bible says, the Bible says, the Bible says. Lose that. Build a bridge. Build, shine a light. The ultimate disposition I have to witness to people is my God. Not that I so care about the person as much, but I know God is grieved that they are separated from Him. And when I stand in their close proximity, I get anointed and love comes on me and I get the gift of the gab. I'm able to dance because I'm not standing there as a theological argument to them. I'm standing there to grace them into the kingdom. Wow, Baha, yeah, man, I've heard good things about him. Awesome. The, the, you know, Lot Sam Ramper, yeah, I heard about that stuff back in the 70s. The golden cord. And, yeah. Yeah, I really appreciate your search for God. I appreciate it. You're a Muslim? Awesome. Man, I appreciate your search for the kingdom. Stay friends with them. 
be friends with them. They're not looking for an argument. They're looking for love. And love came to town 2,000 years ago. Love came to town and shone a light. And that light was love. And that is our greatest That is my greatest, and that should be our greatest motivator, is that love of God. When we receive the love of God, God, you do care for these people. There's so many of them. Yeah, but just just walk freely in my love. I'll give you. I'll give you the ability. I'll give you an anointing. I'll give you grace to cop stuff that they say disparaging things about even me. Don't take it personally. Just stand in the light of the glory of God and keep loving and shining and smiling at those precious people because they're my children and they're lost. They're lost. So Father in heaven, let's all stand. God bless you. Praise God. Thank you, Father. We stand before you. And Lord, we celebrate this season. But Lord, there's so much more to it. You are in Christ, saved and not lost, delivered and not captive, healed and not sick, whole and not broken. You are in Christ, free and not bound. You are in Christ, filled and not empty. You are in Christ. You're in the light, blessed and not cursed. You are in the light, accepted and not rejected. You are living and not dead. C3 Church exists to reach people for God, to bring people into the light of the glory of God. That's why we showed the video. 2020 vision is to enable and empower the church in the power of the Holy Spirit to be a loving church, to be a church of mercy and grace and reach out in your sphere of influence and even beyond, even unto the nations. And with that great love, not with theological arguments, not with a disposition of self-righteousness, but with a heart of gold that says, I love you, friend. I don't care if you get stoned every day. I don't care if you carry around a dozen tinnies on your shoulder to to your home every day. I love you, friend. The more you can show that, the more you can be that light. And then as you reach their heart, then you can sprinkle in the seed of God's love. Father, I just pray for us this season that we would have opportunity to love, to love, to love, to love, to love. And here's the number one secret to witnessing to people. Dignify them. Make them feel special. Make them feel special. Oh, you're a waitress? Awesome. You do so well at that. Oh, you're a laborer? That's great, man. It's really hard to get a job these days. Stay with it. Awesome. Turn it around. Keep reading. That's a reframing counseling process, uh, uh, technique. Reframe it. Every, every rotten thing they give you, turn it around. Turn it around for good to those that love God according to His purpose in heaven. Turn it around. Turn it around. Everything, every slap on the face, every spit in the face, turn it around. Turn it around. Turn it around for good. We worship you, Lord God. Let's lift up holy hands. Thank you, Father. The light has come. And the glory of the Lord is upon you, my friend. Glory of salvation. 
I pray that you would walk in the light and be proud and confident. We hope you enjoyed listening to this message. For more information on what you've just heard or how to visit us, go to c3talgra.org.au. We hope to see you at church soon. Faith to live like Christ. But